to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. Week welcome six. everybody. Welcome. Another exciting week. Another exciting week. Um, as always, it's Jimbo Fisher here with co-host Randy Darsh. Hello everybody. Um, I want to make a quick note about upcoming guests. I promise we're trying to get you guys in. We're trying. So, like, me and Jimbo are very busy this fall. <laughs> yeah. So, here's the thing. We've, I think we've kind of settled into a potential recording schedule, and I think it's going to be literally the Thursday morning before we release it later Thursday afternoon. Yeah. So, like, if you're, like, available on a Thursday during a lunch break and you want to be a guest, just message one of us. Yeah, and we will get you in. Um, and if you have a specific time that you said, "Hey, I want to be a guest. I can record at this specific time." That's usually, well, Jimbo will work that out with you. We can work it out. But I'm guys. just saying. Yeah, yeah, we want to have guests. I'm just saying, yeah. come to us because that'll be easier because we're having to do things and schedule things so last minute that sometimes it's like, oh, I have to ask a guest thirty minutes before we start recording, and it's nobody's tough. ever just going to be free with that short notice, right? Right. right. Anyways, um, with that little PSA out of the way. Um, Holy hell. Oh, I have a story. I have another PSA. Okay, not a PSA, another, but I have a another story. Another PSA. Okay. Get that I came ready today. So, <laughs> All right. actually, my wife and my sister-in-law actually met Walter Lewis the other day uh, in Trustville, Alabama. Um, for those of you that don't know, Walter Lewis was the first African-American quarterback at the University of Alabama. And he was actually Bear Bryant's last starting quarterback for the last two Bear Bryant teams. So, I thought that was very cool. She said he was very nice. It was a very cool experience to get to meet him. So, like, what happened? Like, how did... Like, was just just like a random occurrence? Like, they ran into It was them? just like a random occurrence. So what I heard was that, like, she was in a parking lot. Her and her sister-in-law were going to get her nails done or something. And then, I'm serious. And <laughs> they were, like, looking for some, like, necklace or something. Some, like, Alabama-themed thing. And then somehow it ended up being Walter Lewis. And then, I don't know. She told him, like, oh, my husband does a college football po- podcast. And no they way. asked for the name of it. No way. So No way. Dude. <laughs> I'm serious. Walter I'm Lewis, serious. if you're listening to this, shouts out. <laughs> so she, hey, she does a good job recruiting uh, listeners for the gym podcast. That's true. That's true. I know you're, you're like you're like mom and dad listening to this or something like that. That's just that's insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shouts out to Walter Lewis, um, Alabama Bear Bryant. What a legacy. I mean, yeah, what a legacy. And it was actually funny. You mentioned my mom and my dad. When I got up this morning, my mom kind of asked me, "So when's the gym podcast coming out?" I didn't, <laughs> no way. Heart, I didn't have the heart to tell that we hadn't yet recorded it yet. So I was. <laughs> I was just like, don't worry, it'll be out today. That's really funny. Yeah, we're we're coming in live here. We're coming in live. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Um, so obviously, uh, we had a pretty big week, pretty insane week. At least for me. I mean, this was this is pretty insane. Um, I had to record a bonus episode of the Jim Podcast of just myself ranting on my drive to work to talk about it. The big news, of course, being Randy, Paul Christ, axed at Wisconsin. Um, and I remember telling you during the game, I remember having this conversation. Uh, most of it was me trying to like comp soothe you a little bit because I know <laughs> yeah. how you are. You're yeah. you're emotional. It's okay. It's an emotional sport, right? Is, yeah. And I remember telling you um, the worst case scenario for you would have been to barely beat Illinois in a struggle win like you've been known for doing, like yeah. Iowa style. Yeah. Because that means you'd have to put up with more Paul Christ for longer. It's better to just rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Be embarrassed, get it over with, so you can move on. That's what I keep telling myself. Because really, I mean, like, the thing is, I, I've I've read so much about this. I've, I've read, like, every Reddit comment there is, you know, about this. And I, I think the thing that bothers me the most is this idea 
that, you know, uh, Wisconsin fans, they're so spoiled. You know, Paul Chris was getting them nine wins a year. Like, folks, if he was actually getting us nine wins a year, I'd be content with this. You, you can't possibly look at how Wisconsin was trending this year and, and tell me that they were on pace for nine wins. Like, come the on. The people that were saying that are the people that haven't been watching. And granted, I'm one of the people that would not have been watching Wisconsin football if I hadn't met you, honestly. <laughs> right, right. But no, I can see, because I now kind of slightly pay attention because I know you, I, I can clearly see a downward trend. And I sent you a Twitter link to an article that was basically – the University of Wisconsin for like eight months last year under Paul Christ mm-hmm. straight up did not have like a recruiting a recruiting board agency. Yeah. So like they would have four star recruits come in to come visit their games and like nobody would talk to the recruits. It's nobody insane. would greet them. Nobody would talk to them, yeah. show them around. They just showed up and nobody knew who they were. It's just it's it's been in disarray really ever since. I think I think the key here as to why Paul Christ kind of suddenly has had this, you know, kind of downward spiral I think it comes down to the fact that Barry Alvarez retired as our uh, athletic director um, just a couple of years ago. I, I think Barry, honestly, was probably still kind of running the show behind the scenes. And Paul Christ is something of a yes man, someone that will, you know, needs direction and will follow those orders. But isn't the kind of guy to get stuff done himself, if that makes any sense. And so our AD leaves. We got a new AD here now. And Chris is just kind of, it's, it's like he doesn't know what to do. You know what I mean? It's like he didn't know what to do with these last couple of seasons. And I I think ultimately we just, we need someone new in charge who at least will try to do something. Like, I'm not asking for, like, guaranteed success. I'm just looking for effort at this point. You know what I mean, Randy? (laughs) I mean, I honestly feel like firing Paul Christ is kind of a good thing for you guys Mm -hmm. because it shows that you're willing to try. It shows that you're willing to try to make some type of investment in the program because with the whole new NIL era, everything is so, like, do or die with, like, everybody investing. I mean, you see teams like Northwestern, like, building, like, $500 million athletics complexes for their football, baseball, basketball team. Like, you're going to have to make that type of investment if you're really going to succeed within the next you know, a few decades, you kind of have to. It's a new era. And I think Wisconsin yeah. with this move plus their new NIL fund, I feel like it's a, it's showing that you at least care. They're, they at least and care. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. You have to hire, like, the trend now is you have to hire, like, a hot, young, sexy coach in his is late Jim 30s. Is Jim Leonard hot and sexy? I mean. <laughs> I, I haven't looked at a picture of him. He's got to be in his late 30s. He's got to have, like, this perfect 5 o'clock shadow. He does. He's got to wear, like, long sleeve athletic shirts with, he's, like, I the mean, shorts. He, he was an NFL player wear just sunglasses. a few years ago, so he's in pretty good shape. You know what I mean? You need to find someone that looks exactly like either Lincoln Riley or Sean McVay. Just it doesn't matter what their like actual yeah. coaching acumen is. Right. Just find somebody that looks like them. Yeah, Jim isn't quite that good looking. No offense to him, um, but he is young, and I think I mean more than anything, man, we just need new perspective. We need someone young, someone who can just like come in and have that energy, like you're saying, who's willing to try new things. You know, because it is a new era, dude. I mean, it's not just nil. You talk about conference realignment and stuff. I think moving forward, dude, this is going to be the standard in both the SEC and the Big Ten. Both of these conferences have obscene amounts of money thanks to these recent TV deals, and they're going to be able to afford these buyouts. They're they're going to demand a higher standard. It's not just Wisconsin, dude. Like it's it's going to be coming to a lot of schools. I think it might come to Michigan State. It might come to Texas A and M later this season. You know. I don't feel like Michigan State and Texas A&M can afford these buyouts. Dude, I've got um, a feeling. But regardless, <laughs> but yeah. I think I think it's just kind of interesting in general to see the uh, to see how everybody is seemingly stepping up their game at once. It's like yeah. 
I remember we always talked about the arms races about a decade ago. That was a hot topic. Yeah. But now it's like the arms race never stopped, and it's just been cranked up to yeah. 11 at this point. It's it's a new era. It's as simple as that, dude. And it's it's do or die. So, like, at a minimum, like, I'm thankful that Wisconsin Athletics is at least willing to try. Like, who knows if this is going to succeed? The fact that they're even trying, to me, is a win. Like, that's all I want right now. I will say this. I feel like Wisconsin and other programs are starting to see and understand like what Alabama did Mm -hmm. and how like we're getting such a massive return on investment, like not only with the university itself, although obviously we have a massive return on investment in the university based on enrollment. It's improved our academics. It's just built our brand so much that they see the potential there if they do it the right way. And it's like it's kind of a cool way to where you can build your football program and athletics programs, but in an actually ethically viable way right right it's not like you're going to be stealing money from children's hospitals right no no i mean well unless you're well, from the mississippi welfare fund yeah that'd be that'd be wrong you know but i mean still the mississippi that'd just be wrong fund. yeah um but i know what you mean dude like it's it is what it is like this is the world we live in you know like you you, you need to compete on multiple levels academics and athletics and at the end of the day man it's all about the money it's all about the benjamins so get yeah. on with it or get out you know so I have, I'm going to surprise you with the list of a few coaches whose names are in the, um, who, whose names are, have been thrown into the ring, thrown into the air to see what you would think about seeing them and Wisconsin Red. Okay. And the, uh, the, the, it's not, it's like a windbreaker. Is that what it's called? Something that all the Wisconsin coaches wear, no, regardless. Dude, Paul Christ always wore the sweat, the sweatshirt. The sweatshirt. It's okay. It's cold yeah. up there. Yeah, it is cold. Exactly. All right, so I'll have four names that I think are very feasible. Okay. Um, I'm sure you've heard more, but here are four I just wanted to touch on. All right, we're going to start with the obvious, just a straight-up promotion of Jim Leonard. So, yeah, like, obviously that's kind of the front-runner position right now. I think it's just going to come down to seeing how he does the rest of the season. I mean, he has seven games to basically impress us. I I don't expect us to win all seven. I don't expect us to somewhat turn it around, you know what I mean? But I, I think what we need to see is just, like, something different something new something that says that he's moving us in the right direction you know and i think if he can do that then yeah promote him he's he's young he's smart like he he clearly has his act together and is motivated in a way that paul christ wasn't so i i think i like jim lettered if if we stink though and we lose every game the rest of the season then yeah we gotta start looking elsewhere but i'm glad we get a trial run here i feel like you just have to be careful and make sure he's not the yes man to the yes man. Right, that's true. Like, so you might need to do something a little different, even if he's technically good on paper. Right. So, right. speaking of different, no. how about, how do you feel about Lance Leopold, Dude. the current Kansas coach? Everyone's talking about him, and I get it, because he has a strong connection to Wisconsin. We've seen reports of him, though, kind of suggesting that he's not interested. I don't know how much of that is, like, actually true, or how much of it is him just trying to, like, calm the Kansas fan base because like everyone's going for him. It's not just Wisconsin, right? Nebraska wants this guy bad. I'm sure as more teams get open throughout the season, you know, he's going to be the biggest name on the coaching carousel list. But that said, that all said, I mean, yeah, I, I think he's a safe bet. Like for what it's worth, he's a proven winner. Um, he's the kind of guy that could probably at least pick up where the program is and, and get us someplace good. The thing with me that concerns me about Lance more than anything is just, I hate to say it, he's getting kind of old. You know what I mean? He's he's kind of up there, and I, I don't know if long-term he's the kind of guy you want being the, the face of your program. Is that fair so to say? For those, 
Yeah, I understand. For those unaware, Lance Leopold was the dynasty coach for Wisconsin Whitewater, a Division mm-hmm. three program in the state of Wisconsin. Yep. So I could understand, like, maybe he's too old. He Maybe he probably doesn't even want it, and he's just kind of like, I'm going to take this Kansas job, get a good paycheck, and get out of coaching and just retire, right? Maybe. I mean, I thought that could be a big part of it. But, I mean, he's done a great job, so yeah. obviously there's something to him. Yeah. All right, so I have a couple more. Okay. All right, Play your former your former defensive coordinator Dave Aranda, yes, dude, apparently I, the Baylor coach. I to me like this is almost like a pipe dream because in my mind he is probably the single best candidate for the job uh, because in my mind he's one of the best coaches in the nation. I think Baylor has an absolute gem in Dave Aranda. I, I just I love his demeanor, dude. He's just he seems so smart. Like he he might legit be the smartest uh, Power Five coach in the nation. Um, he's extremely driven, extremely just, he's getting stuff done, dude. I think wherever he goes, if he stays at Baylor, he's going to win there. If he goes somewhere else, he's going to win there. Wherever he goes, he's going to win. This is just, this is just a fact, dude. He, he runs one of the tightest ships in the nation. I love Dave Aranda. I would love for him to come here though. I don't know if he will. Like he has ties to us, but they're kind of loose. And frankly, like he's doing a good job at Baylor. I don't I don't know why he would leave Baylor unless it is for like a really, really premier job like a Michigan or an Ohio State or something. All right, fair enough. And I have the last one I was thinking of okay. was Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Uh fat Campbell more like. I'm just kidding, he's in pretty good shape. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Here's the thing. Like I, I think Matt I, I, I might get some flack for this. And especially if he ends up if he does end up becoming the next Wisconsin head coach, but I think his his performance at Iowa State has been kinda overrated, just just a hair. I feel like people really want him to be like that next big coach, you know, like the next next big guy who's gonna like go to a big brand name P five program and turn them around and make them into a powerhouse. But I just I I don't see it, dude. I think he's good, maybe even pretty good, but to me he's not great. So I, I guess I take him. Like obviously we need a head coach, but. Eh, he's not my first or second or even third choice. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. I kind of understand that because, like, granted, Iowa State was very bad before he got there. He is still, like, a seven-win coach on average. I mean, he's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like Wisconsin's not going to put up with seven and six, eight and right. five, playing right. in kind of a tougher conference and everything. Right. I don't know. I understand where you're coming from. I understand the hesitancy with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I was kind of looking at what upcoming coaching jobs are going to be available more than likely and what are currently available. Right. And Wisconsin seems like by far they're going to be the best coaching <laughs> job available this offseason. Like, I'm just looking down each conference. Like, in the SEC, the only real school that's going to have an opening – open coaching uh, vacancy is going to be Auburn. And I don't think that's a better job than Wisconsin. In the Pac-12, I don't think think anybody's going to have an open coaching position. Maybe Colorado, but that's not a better job than Wisconsin. Yeah. Looking in the Big Ten, um, Wisconsin, Nebraska. I think Wisconsin's a better job than Nebraska. Nebraska's in shambles, like that's for sure. Yeah. And then the ACC, I mean, there's going to be Georgia Tech, but – which is I hate to admit it. <laughs> I get Wisconsin's that. a better job than Georgia Tech <laughs> no, and I, Louisville. Like the thing is, Randy, like last year there was so much chaos with like firings and coaches going around that we kind of it's almost like a down year in in, in comparison. Like all, all the big name schools got their guy last season. And so this year it's just it's kind of quiet more or less. I think Wisconsin and Nebraska might be the only two really big names at the end of the season that have an open position. Other than maybe Texas A&M. But we'll get to that later if we want. They either got their guy or they gave their guy a massive 10-year extension. Right, right. Yeah, 
So, yeah, I know what you mean, dude. Like, I'm thankful that it's happening this year and not last year because I would have hated for this to happen last year, let's just say. Cause... I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm going to feel so bad if, like, you get all this hope and it's just crushed with a horrible hire. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> all right, all right. I just, I just know you're a little emotional sometimes. It's I'm okay. emotional, dude. It's okay. It's okay. I will say, I'm noticing, I feel like in general, they're firing coaches earlier than ever they just to, to be the first job available to try well, to get ahead of the coaching search. Yeah. With recruiting, you have to. I will to, say, you know, you kind of have to. I will say this with the whole portal uh, thing. It seems like nowadays coaches can turn a program around faster than ever. True. So it's like, if you're a hot name coach that can quickly get some plug and play guys from the portal. Yeah. Then it's not like it used to be where it has to be some four or five year rebuild. Right. I mean, freshmen come in more ready than ever to go ahead and immediately play. Plus, you have the portal. Plus, you have all this exposure yeah. that you can just no, get dude. the guys coming in. And that's what I'm hoping. Like, if Jim Leonard does work out and looks like he's got a lot of momentum heading into the offseason, I hope he attacks that portal and just like gets the kind of guys he wants for his program, like right away. And hopefully, we can just like hit the ground running next season. Like, that's the best case scenario for Wisconsin right now, in my mind. Absolutely. All right, so for the next segment, we have the This Was Their Super Bowl Award. Here we go. Um, I guess I will go first. I'm actually, in the spirit of talking about Wisconsin, I'm going to talk. I'm gonna give it to the Illinois Fighting Illini. <laughs> oh, no. They celebrated this win as if it was their Super Bowl. Brett Bielema celebrated as if it was Super Bowl, which was I understand. His. It was his. He held yeah. some bad blood towards Wisconsin. I get that much. But I feel like they need to put this in perspective, that the Wisconsin program – was in shambles so much so that they fired their coach after this game. Right. I think the you biggest thing... a good Wisconsin team. I, I hate to bring it no, up. That's true. I think the biggest thing for me is the, the just seeing Illinois fans now on like r slash CFB being like, oh my God, guys, we're good now. Ha, ha, any, we're good. Ha. It's like, yeah, like, you're still Illinois. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you won one game, dog. Like, I'm sorry. Like, my, my hunch is that Illinois fans are still like, they're so new to college football. Like, they're all bandwagoners, obviously, right? that they don't understand that Wisconsin's down. They don't understand that this is just one game, that, like, they have the rest of the season to win out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think just, like, we can let them have their fun, Randy. And, you know, they're, they're casuals. At the end of the day, they're casuals. It is what it is. Stan, I mean, they're, they're basically, like, for the past decade, a 5-7 and seven team on right. average. Nothing they started out 4-1. and one. Yeah. I mean, their schedule's been pretty bad to be honest, up to this point. Wyoming, Indiana, Virginia, Chattanooga, Wisconsin. Five pretty pretty bad teams, and they lost to Indiana, who just got destroyed by Nebraska. So, yeah, I let them have their fun fun for now. They'll they'll be exposed in due time. That's how I'm looking at it. Like, I see them play Iowa this weekend. I just... Yeah. uh, Iowa's going to probably win that game, but... Yep. I digress. Um, as far as the this is their Super Bowl award, well, I've got two. One's for like an actual game, and one's just kind of for fun. But I'll, I'll start with the fun one, folks. This was my Super Bowl, like through and through. <laughs> like Paul Chris getting fired was my Super Bowl, um, and it and it's, it was my reward for having to sit through that Illinois game. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like I, I go to every Wisconsin game, like every one of them. I watched that entire game. I was there until the clock hit zero, um, and I was one of just a few people left by the by the time the game was over. So. I endured that crap first person. I saw Bert and Chris hug on the field for the moment there. So, yeah, to see Chris fired after that was was pretty exciting. Um, as far as, like, an actual game goes that happened in an actual Well, Super hold on, Bowl. hold on. Was it your Super Bowl for any other game that might have been played in the Big Ten? In the Big Ten itself? Yeah. I mean, I've got a different game in the Big 12 that I want to talk about. 
Well, I was just going to point out, you know, there was something we had discussed last week whenever the game was going on that we had noticed that Minnesota fans were uh, a little less braggadocious about this Wisconsin loss. That's true. Well, when they lose 20 to 10 against Purdue at home, (laughs) and when (laughs) Tanner Morgan throws three interceptions, yeah, they're going to be a little bit quiet. Listen, dude, I don't want to clown on Minnesota too much because, let's face it, like, my coach got fired this week. Like, there's... It goes both ways. You know what I mean? I, I feel I, like Minnesota fans are going to hate us after true. listening to us just dog on them every week. I'm just happy they lost. Leave it at that. They've been exposed. That's all I needed. That's all I need is that one loss just to humble them. You know what I mean? Fair that's, enough. That's all I need. Fair enough. As far as the team that hasn't lost yet, that I think might be humbled in due time, this was their Super Bowl. Goes to the TCU Horned Frogs, defeating number 18 Oklahoma. Here's the thing. They annihilated Oklahoma, and I get that. Like, like props in the regard for, like, annihilating a team. But uh, the thing is, dude, Oklahoma, they're rebuilding, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's the first year with the new guy. They lost a lot of talent. They lost their star quarterback. They're, they're clearly rebuilding. They clearly, I, I think they'll be good in the long run, but they clearly are kind of at a low point in their program's history, at least recent history. So this win for TCU, dude, I, I think TCU is just going to be so overconfident and cocky after this big win that... I don't know, man. It could backfire in the long run, especially this week when they play Kansas. TCU's other three wins, just to point out, are SMU, Tarleton, and Colorado. Who? (laughs) Yeah. Tarleton. Good Lord. Tarleton. I don't even know how to say that. Yeah. But, no, I understand where you're coming from. One thing I heard Oklahoma fans talk about when Lincoln Riley left was uh, how how much they hated the culture, right? Right. So, like, if there's an actual culture problem, it's going to take more than – four games to fix exactly. like you're gonna have to accept a bad season while he tries to get the culture turned around even if yeah. he has some talent I, I think it'll work out in the long run i think brent, brent venables is a good coach it's just it's year one dude like you can't have lofty expectations in year one i don't care who you are you know so we'll see though tcu i like them i just just don't get cocky dude just don't get cocky that's like the number one rule in college football just don't be overconfident that's all i ask absolutely all right, for the next segment, which we've been enjoying for the past few weeks, we're going to go over fraud or legitimate. Okay. And I'm going to go over some teams, and we're just going to give our, our quick thoughts on whether they're a real legitimate team or they're fraudulent and going to get exposed. Okay. All, All right. right. So right. we're going to start at number 25, the LSU Tigers. I think they're actually legitimate. Um, listen, they had that really close loss to open up the season. Um, I'm blanking on who they lost to again. Was it Florida State? Florida, Florida State. State. Florida State. And Florida State's pretty decent. Um, I think we clowned on them because we wanted to clown on them. We wanted to clown on, you know, Coach Brian Kelly, who I, I do hate. I, I don't respect him in any regard. Um, and I, I want them to fail. I want LSU to lose. But the reality is they keep winning. Um, and, and I realize not against the greatest competition. I, I realize they haven't faced a lot of the kind of heavy hitters in the SEC yet. But listen, they've got a chance to prove themselves coming up uh, facing Tennessee this weekend. And. I think they're legit. I think they lose to Tennessee, but I think they put up a good fight, dude. This is a good Tigers team. Let's face it. I think that, I mean, they're raw year one Brian Kelly Tigers, right. which means they're going to be win and win some games, but they're probably going to end up like, what, eight and four, nine and three or something. Eight and four That's... with a lot of potential and a lot of room for improvement. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I guess if you put this in the context of how the question is asked, I would have to say legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, should I go ahead and give my lock of the week? In the, uh, oh, sure. Spirit go of, for it. Go for it. My lock of the week is actually that they beat Tennessee at home at no 11 a.m. No way, dude. It would, think about how funny it would be. It, it would be. be the greatest thing. It would be pretty great if you're a Tennessee hater, <laughs> which you are. <laughs> not that I'm biased or anything. No, 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 anyway, no. of course not. All right, the next one I have on the list is 
the number 17 TCU Horned Frogs. Like I said, dude, I a little bit sus. I, I'm not going to say they're bad. I think they're a good team. They're, they're at least like a nine-win team this year probably. But I would just pump the brakes a little bit. Um, I'm kind of on the fence. Like they're fraudulent in my eyes, but yet they're not bad per se, if that makes any sense. They're fraudulent um, if you think of them as an actual undefeated, legitimate top right, 10 team. Right, for sure. Like, they're undefeated. So I think, it, like, being ranked 17 is fair for now, I think, with TCU. Ah, to be fair, I would say fraudulent simply because they've had some pretty sus performances against some pretty sus teams. Like, they barely beat SMB. They beat SMB by one touchdown. That's I don't sus. know. That's sus for anyone, for sure. So they have the right to be exposed. Exactly. And they actually play the next team I'm going to mention uh-huh. on this list, which is undefeated. Game day is coming to town to Heck Lawrence, yeah. Kansas, Heck the yeah. Kansas Jayhawks. Dude, legit. I don't care what anyone says, dude. I don't care who you are. This <laughs> team is – I can't even imagine the confidence they're having right now and how fun it is for that team. Because you have to understand, like, if you're a player on that team, you probably expected heading into the season to maybe win, like, two games if you're lucky. And now next thing you know, like, game day is coming to town. You're one game away, uh, one win away from, from making a, a bowl game. From starting six and zero, you're ranked like you have so much momentum, and like you know, I say don't get overconfident, but like with Kansas, dude, it's like it's like they have nothing to lose. They're playing for fun, dude. Like they're just having fun out there, dude. And I, I respect that. And in my mind, dude, in no way is a team that is this confident in, in themselves in terms of fun, in terms of just like unexpectedly being here. In no way can they be fraudulent, dude. They're legit. They're legit. My here's the thing. They've played four Power 5 teams Power already. Five. Two yeah. of them were away and won by double-digit scores. Like, they seem to – and they beat a pretty good Duke team. They yeah. beat a not-horrible Iowa State team. They beat Matt Houston, Campbell. who's not horrible. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I'm just – they have some quality wins, and they're going to play a very – a kind of suspect TCU team with Ow. game day in town. I could see them winning this game. I'm very happy yeah. for them. I think in the context of what we normally expect Kansas to be, they're very legitimate. Like, they've actually, none of these wins have been fluke wins. They actually just went out and won. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I love to see, dude. That's what I mean. Like, Lance Leopold is a great coach in that regard. I I think he's he's a winner, dude. Like, he's a winner. Wherever he goes, he's going to win. It just is what it is. I will say that quarterback, Jalen Daniels, he's 11 touchdowns, one interception. He's definitely in my September Heisman Award watch list. For sure. Which, it's October now. We should probably get on that. (laughs) Well, that's okay. It's okay. All right. The next on the list I have is I wanted to give – I wanted to bring them up very quickly. Now, Utah, they are number 11 after Uh, losing their opener to Florida and now being 4-0 since then. uh, I I think – They butt raced Oregon State, a decent Oregon State team. I think they're still kind of sus, dude. Um, I understand that they've improved quite a bit, and they certainly have a lot of momentum, but – Utah, like, compared to last year, I think they're fraudulent. That's for sure. Last year, I mean, they were really close to making the playoffs. They were a very, very, very good team last year. This year, just pretty good. So, in my mind, for their standard, fraudulent. They do play at undefeated UCLA uh, this coming up Saturday. So, one of them is going to get, maybe not exposed, but one of them is going to have to go down, right? for sure. And effectively eliminated from the Pac-12, or at least the playoff perspective. So... Yeah, huge game this weekend for them. All right. And I guess the last one I really wanted to touch on, since I know you've touched on pretty much everybody else at some point, but I wanted to bring them back up, actually, was the Clemson Tigers at number five. I knew you were going to say that. Double digit win versus North Carolina State. I mean, come on, Jim, bro. Yeah, I know you want me to hype them up because they beat um, 
You know, they beat NC State. DJ Uyunga, the way, 21 of 30, 209 yards. He had I a touchdown. Just, I've got a, here's the thing, dude. We, we keep we keep talking about, like, standards and stuff. And the reality is, man, Clemson, I hate to say, they're probably going to go to the playoffs. They're going to win the ACC, go to the playoffs. Whoever they face, I don't care if it's Alabama, if it's, if it's Georgia, if it's Ohio State, whoever they face in the first round of the playoffs, they are going to be utterly and completely humiliated. Totally destroyed. And in that regard, they're extremely fraudulent. They're not the number five team of the country, folks. They're not a top five team. They're not a playoff team. This team is so sus. It's unbelievable. And I'll say that the number five team in the terms of, like, the fact that it's, like, numbers one through three and then everybody else. Like, you I have to put that. somebody there. I get that. But, man. Like, Tennessee's better than them. Penn State's better than them. I'd say Utah's better than them. Like, why are they top five? I don't get it. I don't get it, dude. I would say DJU has played quite a bit better this year, but not he's not taking like this drastic leap. He still shows some like some signs and some struggles. I don't know. He seems limited more than anything, which is just weird because it's like weird. he shouldn't seem limited. He should seem just mistake prone. Unstoppable. It's like weird. every other elite team's quarterback. It's ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. All right, for our next segment, it's time, Randy. We're gonna preview some games here. Um going in order. Of time, of course, as always. And starting us off, a game I'm, like, high-key looking forward to. Number 8, Tennessee, versus number 25, LSU. 11 a.m. on ESPN. Folks, this, like I said, this is a high-key game that it just feels like no one's talking about. Um, There's a very real possibility that both of these teams are actually good. And we are about to witness a really good SEC showdown. Um, but that said, Randy, I know you hate Tennessee, and, and you I, I assume you think they're fraudulent. I mean, do you think there's any chance here that Tennessee is actually as good as I'm hyping them up to be? Or is, is this, you know, am I the wrong one here? I can see that you when you took your notes, you probably pre-planned to ask that without realizing I would give my lock of the week That's in true. the previous segment. That's true. <laughs> but I'm curious, but, though. No, I'm I, curious. Actually think, I actually think LSU is going to win this. This is just one of those games. LSU... You have to, it just means more, right? You have to understand the SEC and understand LSU and Cajun football to like just understand why it's intuition that LSU is going to win this game. Okay. I don't get it, but I trust you. I trust you. There's going to be some voodoo in the air, and it's just one of those hype, exciting games that they're going to be ready for. And I feel like at first I didn't think the players were buying into Brian Kelly Mm -hmm. for good reason, but I feel like they're, they're kind of they're after they've rattled off some wins. I feel like they're kind of buying in a little bit and understanding it's a process. Yeah, for sure. dude, For sure. Um, Speaking of the process, a team that has gone through the process this season, the big game of the week, my friends, number 17 TCU at number 19, Kansas. I'll just say it up front. This is the biggest game for Kansas. Maybe in the last decade. This is huge. They Longer have than that. Game. They have to win this game, dude. This is massive. This has been the biggest game in Kansas history since maybe 2007. For sure, dude. Definitely since 2007. Do you think they win? Do you think Kansas wins this one? I do think they win because I think TCU is very suspect with some very suspect wins and That's shows awesome. some flaws. And obviously Kansas, you know, they're still, they are still Kansas. We have to understand that. True. But what I'm saying is, is that I feel like Kansas has actually proven – themselves through a somewhat more of a gauntlet yeah. with some away power five wins multiple power five wins i just i believe in kansas they actually seem like a decent team for sure dude for sure i'm with you on that one i mean game days in town like this story is too good for it to just be ruined exactly knock on wood <laughs> knock on uh, wood. up next two teams that i know you love dearly we've got <laughs> auburn at number two georgia now listen i think <sighs> georgia is like 
a super huge favorite for this game. They're like favorite like 20 or 30 points, like something huge. But dog, in my mind, Georgia has been one of the most sus teams of the past couple of weeks. If you recall, they like looked pretty terrible against Kent State. They looked really, really bad against Mizzou last week. Needed a miracle to beat them on the road. Uh, I'm getting like 2014 Florida State vibes where the champion like wins it all and then the next season just kind of plays terribly. I don't think Georgia's legit one bit. And I know Auburn's down bad, but, like, they've got talent. Auburn has talent that Kent State doesn't have or Mizzou doesn't have. And all it takes is Georgia having, like, one more really sus game against a team with talent to actually fall apart this time. So, dude, dude I'm saying right now, Auburn is is seriously putting Georgia on upset alert. I'll say it. I don't think they are. Um, I think Georgia kind of did this thing. Here's what happened with Georgia. And actually, Saban teams for the past decade and a half have been notorious for this, which is they peaked early in week one, then had a kind of mid to early season slump, and then they kind of have to ramp it back up in time for the postseason. Mm -hmm. And Georgia's following that pattern, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But if you notice with Saban teams, that's why they always, whenever they drop the game, it was always, almost always in like weeks one through four, right? Right. Um, not counting the Iron Bowl, obviously. That's that's a rivalry game. It's different. Yeah. But I'm just saying they're doing. They're it's an early season slump. It doesn't mean that they're just going to be that way. I mean, this is still the same team that destroyed Oregon, forty nine to three. Week one. You just Week we one. don't really know if we're going to get a more ready to play Georgia team that's getting out of the slump or still slumping Georgia. We'll see, man. We'll see. All I'm saying is, Georgia and the Auburn players, yeah. they seem to really want to rally behind. Um, and they seem to really enjoy Brian Harson. I feel like more than anything, they feel like their coach has been Auburn wrong. fans love Brian Harson. Hashtag save Brian Harson. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> it's not that here's the thing. They don't love Brian Harson, but they kind of want him to see do well enough because they feel bad for him and realize he's getting a raw deal. <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, same time slot, though. A game that I am really nervous about, but also kind of have zero expectations for. Of course, my Wisconsin Badgers at Northwestern. Um, it's the debut game for Jim Leonard, so, like, I don't know what to expect. I'm just hoping that, like, we, we come and don't look totally terrible like we have the last few weeks. I'm just looking for some signs of improvement. Wisconsin historically has struggled at Northwestern, but despite this, we're 10-point favorites because Northwestern is, like, 1-4 this season. Northwestern is terrible. So I'm really hoping this can be the kind of game that just, like, eases Jimmy into the head coaching position, you know, gets us some confidence, come up with a win on the road, it could do a lot for the season. That's all I'm saying. I feel like the Wisconsin athletic department is very much behind Jim Leonard because they really gave him the reins at the most opportune time to really ease him into the ease him into the fold. Yeah. And also, they didn't give Paul Chris the chance to redeem himself versus a horrible <laughs> Northwestern team. No, which yeah. which very well could happen. I feel like this game is not necessarily about the outcome specifically of the game, but more about. How well does Jim Leonard look? Exactly. How good does he look? Yeah. Do we look confident or do we play sloppy and prepared? Like, that's going to be the difference here, I think. Um, a big showdown coming up uh, in the Pac-12 that we kind of talked about beforehand. Number 11, Utah, at number 18, UCLA, in the vaunted Rose Bowl. I'm sure the Rose Bowl will be just totally packed from, you know, top to bottom for this huge ranked showdown. Right, Randy? I mean, people love... Actually, okay, love here's games. the thing is that the Rose Bowl... If you remember on a Friday night game versus Washington versus another good team, they actually showed up. I think they had like mm. 50,000 or something. I mean, they actually showed up. Interesting. I'll give them credit. <laughs> um, I, I really hate to say this. 
like there's a difference between what I want to happen for the storyline and what probably will happen. Mm-hmm. But Utah is probably going to win this game. I just, I, I just feel it. They're yeah. gonna impose their physical dominance. Not that they have that much physical dominance, but like they're disciplined. They have this weird style of football that can kind of beat Pac-12 teams. It's mm-hmm. weird. They they remind me of Wisconsin when we were actually kind of good in like 2017, where like they were constantly like kind of punching above their weight. You know what I mean? Like they don't recruit the yeah. greatest, but like they're usually pretty well coached. And yeah, I, I think I think they have an edge in that regard against UCLA. <laughs> Um, another game, and bringing it back to the Big Ten here, that I am kind of looking forward to, despite it not being a good game, I'm sure. Michigan State at number three, Ohio State. And I left a note here in my notes here. All it says is, Tuck leaving? Question mark. He's Okay, they can't, they literally cannot afford to buy him so? out. You think so? Dude, that was the most, he got away with best. <laughs> Tuck Fleece. Based on that contract. <laughs> I'm telling you, we both talked about this last year. We did, yeah. Too on the podcast where we said that this was a horrible contract. They're going to regret this, and they did it based off one kind of okay year because they beat Michigan. Exactly. That was it. I mean, right now, I think, oh yeah, Ohio State. The spread currently has Ohio State favored by twenty-seven points. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I guess. Well, if you recall last year, I, I want to say Ohio State was beating them literally forty-nine to nothing at halftime. Like yes, they, 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 were. they literally could have dropped a hundred on them if they wanted. It was one of the worst beatdowns I have. It might be the worst beatdown I've ever seen. It was such a humiliation. And this is at Ohio State this year. I, I could see a similar outcome where just Ohio State just like rains hell on them and they just don't know what to do. And I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, I'm looking at last year's stats that I feel like they're going to probably just simply repeat on them because it looks like Michigan State's pass defense has not improved at all. Dude, and CJ Stroud is just going to eat them up. He's got 18 touchdowns to two interceptions this season. It's insane. Yeah. He's going to eat them uh, up. Dude. You, I mean, granted, Ohio State, they only had a measly 700 yards of offense versus them last year. Only. So, you know. Yeah, they got they got room to improve here. So, this should be a fun one. If you're, an, if you're a Michigan State <laughs> hater, it should be a fun one. <laughs> Uh, moving on here to uh, speaking of haters, a team I hate. Uh, well, not not this one, but the other team, Washington State versus that Bozo All West and number USC. six USC. Uh, this is likely the toughest opponent that USC will have faced so far this season. And I'm not saying Washington State is particularly great, but Washington State is competent in a way that I think USC won't be used to. If that makes any sense, like they have to actually perform well to win this game. And so I'm looking to seeing how the Trojans fare at home against a team with a pulse, for what it's worth. I agree with you. USC has kind of looked weirdly sloppy at times and also just played inferior competition. Mm-hmm. I could see Washington State coming out and winning. It'd be kind of funny. Could be funny. A mm-hmm. um, couple more games to get through here. Um, a game that, again, it feels like no one's talking about this one, but I'm really looking forward to it. Number 16, BYU at... Notre Dame. This is a 6-30 game, so a night game for Notre Dame. And in my mind, dude, this this kind of feels like a must-win game for Marcus Freeman. Um, BYU is the kind of team that isn't, like, super talented, but they're usually very well coached. And so to me, like, if BYU wins this game, that's on Marcus Freeman. Like, that, that's just simply being out-coached, and that does not look good under any context. No, I 100% agree. I feel like they've Notre Dame has kind of turned a new leaf. They're two and two now. They beat North Carolina. They so did beat California. Yeah. I mean, they're they. I don't know. 
I don't think it's a must-win game, but it's going to say a lot about how their season's going to go if they can salvage it. If they beat them, I think they have a ton of momentum. I mean, at that point, the 3-2, and ton of just, like, the future's ahead of them, right? They can they can still carve a decent path and make a good bowl game, but they have to win this game, you know. Uh, the final game I wanted to talk about, Randy, is a game I'm sure you have a lot to say. Texas A&M at the Alabama Crimson Tide. In my mind, dude, I, I really mean this. I think this is do or die for Jimbo Fisher. I think he's coaching for his job out there. And on paper, this should be an Alabama blowout, but... I don't know, dude. Last year, it's but last year, and, and and it's like Jimbo. He's got everything to lose, dude. Like I, I really think if 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 they lose this game and and A and M continues to have a bad season, I think there's just some billionaire oil donor out there who's going to front the bill and pay the ninety million dollars and get a new coach. I I really think so, dude. I think Jimbo Fisher is on the hot seat. So this is kind of it. Dude. I understand. I understand that it's year five. It's year I five, really dude. feel like they're almost willing to. It's weird. I almost feel like they're willing to just let him stick it out, at least for a few more years, just to kind of see, like, if he would just give the offense to somebody else, they'd be fine. They said, well, Paul Chris, dude. I don't know, dude. I think at some point, like, you've seen enough, and it's obvious that it's not going to work out. Like, it's not going to work out for Jimbo Fisher. So, like, at what point do you just pull the trigger? And I think the fact is, I dude, feel like yeah. they had literally, they had, what, eight five-stars come in last year that are now true freshmen. I feel like they're willing to give them another year. Like, the, if nothing else, the multiple five-stars and to see what recruiting classes he can have come in now. It's just shocking to me that, you know, Wisconsin of all programs could, could pull the trigger on their guy, but A&M wouldn't. Like, that's what I'm well, saying, Wisconsin man. Wisconsin didn't have to pay $90 million. That's, that's they had to true. pay $11 million. It's a new era, Randy. That's all I'm saying, dude. I, it could happen. It could happen. And this game will be a big factor in that. If if and when Texas A&M gets destroyed by Bama, it's going to look bad, dude. It's going to look real bad for him. Well, I'm not going to go that far with it. Because, again, we said the same thing last year. But it's almost like, you know how we keep saying, well, we said the same thing last year to the point where, okay, obviously we're not going to be caught by surprise again. Right, you're not. It's not possible. It's at home, too. So... I don't know, man. I think Bama wins by a lot. <laughs> You'll be having Hopefully. a fun time. You'll be having a fun time. Um, that's all I had for games I wanted to preview. Any other games that you had in mind, Randy? For My uh... Sika, my Sika watch of the week is probably... Uh, it's going to be on at the same time as our game, so I don't know how much of it I'm going to be able to watch, <laughs> but my Sika watch of the week is going to be Iowa at Illinois. Yes. Because that's just going to be a sloppy, horrible <sighs> game versus teams that somehow have winning records. That's that should be a good sicko watch. I'll have to keep that one in mind when I'm flicking through channels. I like that. There you go. All right. So to uh, finish off this episode, we wanted to move on to discussing our uh, top tens uh, for the week. Uh, I guess I could start it out here. We'll go one one at a time. Um, at number one, I've got the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think they're the best. All right. At number one, I have. The Georgia Bulldogs. What? I don't want it. No way. I don't want it. I don't want it. Really? Even we don't want to be number one. We don't want to be number one. Okay, that's that's. Uh, hey, I already explained this earlier. They're they're just in an early season slump. They're going to get out of it. We've Fair seen enough. this time and time and time again. Fair enough. Well, at number two, just despite you, I've got the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think they're legit. That's okay. That's okay. Number two, I also have us, the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, at, at number, number three? three, yeah, I've got that Bozo All West. I've got USC. I hate them. Oh, I really hate them, but they're going to keep winning, dude. And, and and the fact is, like, the more I hate them, the better they're going to do. So I, I have to give them I some respect, say, you know. I treat mine as a power rankings. So while it seems like you treat yours as a 
kind of what you think they're going to be. Right, I do. I definitely do. I'm going to treat mine as a power rankings. That's kind of how I wrote mine up. But at number three, I have Ohio State. Okay. They're, they're, they're top three in that regard, so that's fair. <laughs> um, at number four, a team that I think is quite powerful and is legit is Michigan. I know they had a kind of a rough week last week against the Turtles, but um, they're good, dude, and they're going to keep winning. Hey, Maryland is legitimate. Maryland's pretty good. Talia is really good. He's like actually like a very good quarterback. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number four, I have Oklahoma State. And I get it. They actually did go to Baylor and beat David Randa by 11 points, 36 to 25. And yeah. here's the thing. Oklahoma State, while they have also played some sub-bar competition, I feel like they've earned enough uh, goodwill that we could look past their competition a little bit. I mean, they're coming off a fourth and inches away from a Big 12 championship and probably going to the college football playoff. Yeah. Borderline playoff I team. Just, I remember seeing they, on Reddit, they're like 18-2 and two in their last 20 games. Something yeah, like that. exactly. They're good. That is elite. So yeah, this this team is very good. And the Big Twelve is anybody's up for taking at this point. Oh, so I could definitely see them, and I honestly probably predict them being the fourth um, college football playoff team. I could definitely see that. They're going to be the sacrificial lamb to whoever's number one. Speaking of orange teams, I got to give a shout out, and I got to actually give a very special shout out, shout out here. Um, Coset wrote this for me, a little poem. Um, that I was saving for this particular segment. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. At number five. Through wills and doubts, detriment and heartbreak, the tide's ins and outs have been endangered. A new breed thrives in Knoxville, which of one bleeds orange and white. The helm of college football is fluctuating, forever breathing a refreshed light. One that is not a well-oiled machine, but one that exceeds expectations. Prevailing out of bloodshed, the volunteers are reigning overhead. Branding a new era of our league, welcomed with open arms. Shouts out to Cosette. Shouts out to the number five Tennessee Volunteers, the best team in the SEC. They're coming for you, Randy. Look out. <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> at, number five, at number five, I have Michigan. Um, I believe you covered them already well enough. They're pretty good. At number six, yeah, I have oh, the yeah. Clemson Tigers. And here's the thing. I know you don't like me putting them at number six, I but it's almost like that doesn't mean they're great. It's just that the I would say the top three are really so head and shoulders above that's everybody fair. else. That's I think fair. I'm in that six isn't like this massive compliment. That's fair. That's fair. At, at number six, I will give it back to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, for every reason we said, they're really good, dude. This is a team to look out for. Very legit. At number seven, yeah. and remember, these are power rankings. I have the Utes of Utah. Wowee. How about that? Um, at number seven, I've got Penn State. Team to look out for. Good team. All right. At number eight. <laughs> this where it gets spicy. I have Wake Forest. No way. Wake Forest. No way. Yeah. Yes way. Yes way. They're actually pretty decent. Um, let me let me look at their schedule one more time. Four and one. They, I, I know they mean, lost to Clemson. They lost to Clemson in double overtime. That's barely sad. lost to Clemson. They beat Florida State by ten. True. They true. beat a pretty decent Liberty. I mean, uh, they also played at Vanderbilt and won. I mean, I know it's Vandy, but they're still. gonna keep winning, aren't they? They're just gonna they beat winning. Florida State by ten. And they look at who they're playing now. They're gonna play Army, Boston College, Listen, Louisville, NC 10. State, North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse. Very winnable teams. I had them top ten games. before, but that loss to Clemson still sings. I'm mad that they lost. I'm mad because they had a chance, a really, really legit chance to expose them, but just failed, and I'm kind of mad at them for that. All right, understandable. 
Uh, for me, at number eight, I have got Lance Leopold's Kansas Jayhawks. That's a little... Okay, go no. ahead. And when they beat TCU at home and are 6-0 and and have a ranked win, you're, you're going to be agreeing with me, dude. This team is legit a team to look out for. This is a New York 6 team. Uh, Full stop. This is a New York 6 Kansas team. Like, they're going to win the Orange Bowl, dude. Quote me on it. You're, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. But anyway, I believe, I believe I'm going to go with number nine. I'm going to go with... UCLA. Dude, me too. To... Uh, spoilers, me too. Holy cow. Oh, really? Let's okay. go. Let's so go. here's the thing. is that they do play my number 17, Utah, this week <laughs> yeah. at home. Yeah. So, I mean, if they win that game, you know, yeah. they're onto something. They're onto something good here. Uh, you well, we be... just both announced our number nines. Yeah, you give me your number 10. My number 10 is spicy. My number 10 is kind of spicy, but you ruined it already because my number 10 is also Kansas. Oh. And here's the thing. In terms of a power ranking, you almost have to give it to them. They have four Power 5 wins, two of them are away, and none of them are fluke wins. They're legitimate, solid Power 5 wins and Power 5 road wins where they win by double digits. True. Just look out for them, dude. They're, this is a legit team. Uh, rounding up mine, number 10. I guess I have to give some credit where it's due. I've got Georgia. Georgia at 10, uh, behind Kansas, behind Penn State, UCLA. All these That's a little bit of an overreaction. No, but... maybe if it was just one week, dude. But it's it's back to back weeks now. They look really sus. Dog, they were like, they were really close to losing to Mizzou on the road. That's a bad. Look. I mean, okay, let's be honest. If Georgia bad. played Kansas, what do you think would happen? Kansas has heart. Dude, that's no. what happened. I mean, Georgia they do have heart, deflated, but... dude. They look deflated. It's like they don't they don't want to be there, man. Heavy is he who wears the crown, and I'm sorry, Georgia, they're not used to this. They're not used to being Georgia's play style. Here's the thing about Georgia's play style is that sometimes they're just going to have to grind out a game, and they have more than enough ability to do that. I just, I like, they're not Bama, man. I'm sorry. Like, this isn't Nick Saban. They're not used to this, being this position, and I, I think in due time, dude, they're going to be exposed. They're going to be exposed. The games look complete. No, they're just having an early season slump. They're fine. They have more than I'm enough hate. talent. I hate it is what it is. You should be happy I'm hitting on them after all. I'm, I'm standing Here's Alabama. the thing is you can't overreact to two weeks. You're really overreacting based off two weeks worth of games, and one of them being an FCS team where they probably didn't even think to show up. Like, okay, the Missouri game was not was not great. It was pretty bad, but, like, they're going to find their groove again eventually. It's a long season. You can't just overreact based off two weeks and ignore the other, like, the first we'll week see. of the season. We'll see, Randy. We'll see who's right in this one. All right. Um, but until then... Folks, uh, Randy, this has been a fun episode. This has been fun. It has been fun. Chatting with you. It's been nice to vent. I put a few things on my mind that have been eating away at me for some time now. So, uh, I thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, but once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been the Jim Podcast. And as always, roll tide. On Wisconsin.